done one thing right. It has been to love my wife throughout our years together. While this may strike some as a feat not worth mentioning, you should know that there was a time when I was certain that my wife didn't feel the same way about me. Of course, all marriages go through ups and downs, and I believe this is the natural consequence of couples that choose to stay together over the long haul. Between us, my wife and I have lived through the deaths of both of my parents and one of hers, and the illness of her father. We've moved four times, and though I've been successful in my profession, many sacrifices were made in order to secure this position. We have three children, and while neither of us would trade the experience of parenthood for the riches of Tutankhamun, the sleepless nights and frequent trips to the hospital when they were infants left both of us exhausted and often overwhelmed. It goes without saying that their teenage years were an experience I would rather not relive. All of those events create their own stresses, and when two people live together, the stress flows both ways. This, I've come to believe, is both the blessing and the curse of marriage. It's a blessing because there's an outlet for the everyday strains of life. It's a curse because the outlet is someone you care deeply about. Why do I mention this? because I want to underscore that throughout all these events, I never doubted my feelings for my wife. Sure, there were days when we avoided eye contact at the breakfast table, but still I never doubted us. It would be dishonest to say that I haven't wondered what would have happened had I married someone else, but in all the years we spent together, I never once regretted the fact that I had chosen her and that she had chosen me as well. I thought our relationship was settled, but in the end... I realized that I was wrong. I learned that a little more than a year ago, 14 months to be exact, and it was that realization, more than anything, that set in motion all that was to come. What happened then, you wonder? Given my age, a person might suppose that it was some incident inspired by a midlife crisis, a sudden desire to change my life, perhaps, or maybe a crime of the heart. But it was neither of those things. No. My sin was a small one in the grand scheme of things, an incident that, under different circumstances, might have been the subject of a humorous anecdote in later years. But it hurt her. It hurt us. And thus, it is here where I must begin my story. It was August 23, 2002, and what I did was this. I rose and ate breakfast, then spent the day at the office, as is my custom. The events of my workday played no role in what came after. To be honest, I can't remember anything about it other than to recall that it was nothing extraordinary. I arrived home at my regular hour and was pleasantly surprised to see Jane preparing my favorite meal in the kitchen. When she turned to greet me, I thought I saw her eyes flicker downward, looking to see if I was holding something other than my briefcase, but I was empty-handed. An hour later, we ate dinner together, and afterward... As Jane began collecting the dishes from the table, I retrieved a few legal documents from my briefcase that I wished to review. Sitting in my office, I was perusing the first page when I noticed Jane standing in the doorway. She was drying her hands on a dish towel, and her face registered a disappointment that I had learned to recognize over the years, if not fully understand. Is there anything you want to say? she asked after a moment. I hesitated aware there was more to her question than its innocence implied. I thought, perhaps, that she was referring to a new hairstyle, but I looked carefully, and her hair seemed no different from usual. I'd tried over the years to notice such things, 
Still, I was at a loss, and as we stood before each other, I knew I had to offer something. How was your day? I finally asked. She gave a strange half-smile in response and turned away. I know now what she was looking for, of course, but at the time I shrugged it off and went back to work, chalking it up as another example of the mysteriousness of women. Later that evening, I'd crawled into bed and was making myself comfortable when I heard Jane draw a single rapid breath. She was lying on her side with her back toward me, and when I noticed that her shoulders were trembling, it suddenly struck me that she was crying. Baffled, I expected her to tell me what had upset her so, but instead of speaking, she offered another set of raspy inhales, as if trying to breathe through her own tears. My throat tightened instinctively, and I found myself growing frightened. I tried not to be scared, tried not to think that something bad had happened to her father or to the kids, or that she had been given terrible news by her doctor. I tried not to think that there might be a problem I couldn't solve, and I placed my hand on her back in the hope that I could somehow comfort her. What's wrong? I asked. It was a moment before she answered. I heard her sigh as she pulled the covers up to her shoulders. Happy anniversary, she whispered. Twenty-nine years, I remembered too late, and in the corner of the room I spotted the gifts she'd bought me, neatly wrapped and perched on the chest of drawers. Quite simply, I had forgotten. I make no excuses for this, nor would I even if I could. What would be the point? I apologized, of course, then apologized again the following morning, and later in the evening when she 